Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer. We have a very special show for you today, one I'm particularly excited about. We're bringing on Hilton Richardson, who is the signing scout for Cole Irvin. Irvin most recently made his major league debut for the Phillies, fired seven innings of one-run ball. But there's a lot of interesting levels here, and the first is Richardson himself. Uh, he was the Phillies area scout in the Pacific Northwest from 2015 to 2018, but he had a really interesting backstory. He was drafted out of high school by the Royals in 2007, played professional baseball through 2011, finishing up with the Braves. Then he went back and played college football at Boise State, despite never having played a down of football in his life. Uh, got a recommendation as a, as a prime athlete, went out to Boise State, and uh, ended up making the team, played uh, there from 2011 through 2013. And after his college football career was done, he signed with the Phillies as a baseball player, went back to the Diamond, uh, was with the Phillies in spring training in 2014, got released, uh, but then he got a call from the Phillies saying, hey, we need a scout up in the Pacific Northwest. He took the job and ended up seeing Cole Irvin up at Oregon and signing him for $800,000 in the fifth round in 2016. Hilton is now the hitting coach at Boise State as that program gets set to start up again after a long hiatus from the college baseball scene. Hilton is kind enough to join us today on the phone to talk about Cole. Hilton, first of all, seeing one of the guys you signed get to the big leagues, how exciting was it for you? No, absolutely incredible. Um, I actually got a text message from Cole at 4.54 in the morning, and it doesn't matter how early it is when you get a message like that. It's pretty incredible. I woke right up, um, called him right away, and he was ecstatic. I was ecstatic. I mean, it's everyone's dream to obviously make it to the big leagues, but when you actually get the chance and opportunity for for the stars to line up and to make all that stuff happen, it's a pretty incredible moment. So um, he was still thrilled about it throughout the entirety of the day as I was uh, sharing conversation with him throughout the day and as he was making his way back to Kansas City. So we're, we're both, I'm, I'm still pumped about it. I'm still pretty excited about it. Um, and he's, uh, like you said, it's just a dream come true. And not only did he get his first major league start, he went out and pitched very, very well, earned himself another start. Did you get a chance to watch the, the outing? I was actually uh, in practice um, starting early that day, but then uh, his start was about 12.15, so I was literally sprinting back to the dugout. Coach Van Tall, our head coach here at Boise State, was like, hey, what time is it? And so we were all, all very aware of what was going on, um, and I got a chance to literally go turn on the, the MLB TV app as Cole was towing the rubber, um, and I got to see him throw his very first pitch. So it was a, it was a pretty special moment for me. Um, tried not to get too emotional, but obviously was extremely excited about um, being able to witness that, knowing everything he had been through, you know, the trials, the ups and downs, the success he had. And when you finally get a chance to see a kid tow the rubber in the big leagues for the first time and throw his first pitch, and it happened to be a strike, so that was pretty cool. So... <laughs> 
it was pretty special to see. Absolutely. You mentioned the trials he went through. I want to go back a couple of years. Cole was uh, an, an incredible pitcher his freshman year at Oregon. Uh, got to pitch on the uh, U.S. Collegiate National Team after the year with Michael Conforto, Kyle Schwarber, Carlos Rodon, all on that team. He looked like he was going to be you know, the next big thing. And then he ended up needing Tommy John surgery. It set him back sure. a little bit. Um, kind of had to go through that process. Missed a year. And when he came back, he used to, you know, kind of touch 93. When he first came back, he was kind of sitting in the upper 80s. Um, he had gone from a guy that looked like he could be a future first rounder to when he did get drafted, falling to the fifth round. During this process, you, you had started with the Phillies in 2015 and drafted Cole in 2016. How did you kind of assess him as a guy who was once this big stud, had Tommy John surgery, and it hadn't maybe come all the way back yet? That was one of the things, um, again, prior to scouting, it's, it's obviously reviewing your area and understanding the players that you have in your area. Cole had been a successful pitcher down in California um, and, again, was a freshman All-American. Um, ended up having Tommy John, like you had said, and when he came back, the velocity wasn't there. It wasn't where I had expected it to be, but that caused me to focus on the other things, the pitchability. Um, not everybody throws 100 miles an hour, right? Not everybody throws 90 miles an hour, but you still have guys that can be successful in the big leagues. And Cole showed me his ability to throw multiple pitches for strikes at any point in time in the count. Um, he's left-handed, you know, which always helps too. Uh, his poise, his maturity, his character, uh, his resili resiliency really showed out as he was struggling to physically get back and to be the pitcher he was. With all, of, with all of our conversations, Cole continued to show confidence. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Uh, with his tremendous work ethic, um, I would see him flash, you know, the, the low 90s, but then would really kind of settle down to the upper 80s at times. And, again, this is a kid that I knew in my gut that, that he had the tools, he had the ability, he had the makeup. Um, but you just had to trust that with the development process, the stuff was going to get there. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, it ended up showing up pretty well. He, uh, his first year in pro ball went out and threw really well. Uh, the second year, obviously being in that Florida state all-star game, he showed, I was sitting in the stands. I was blessed enough to be there and to see it happen, but he's, he, he came out in just one inning of relief, uh, throughout that game and was 95 to 97. And I was like, okay, like, what was that? And he goes, I've always had that. I was like, come on now. Like him and I were obviously joking around, but I never saw that. I never envisioned that uh, being a pitchability uh, left-handed guy with some moxie that can throw strikes. A couple days later, he had to start in Bradenton and the last pitch he threw in the sixth inning was 96. And I was like, wow, like this kid is really starting to come into his own in terms of who I thought he could always be. Um, and it just goes to show you that, obviously, <clears throat> when you are able to focus on the tools, the makeup, um, the work ethic, things like that, uh, to not shy away from guys. And with the confidence that Cole had, it made my job pretty easy to say this is a guy that I want, a guy that I fell in love with. And also, I envisioned myself being in the box, and that's not a guy that I want to face. So <laughs> it made it pretty easy to scout him and to uh, recognize the, the, his ability um, and his character at the same time. Yeah, you know, you yourself are not that far removed from your playing career. Uh, you were a seventh-round pick in 2007, uh, played up through 2011. 
Um, so you mentioned you did not want to be in the box against Cole if, if that scenario had come into play. What about him made you feel that way? Because I think a lot of times people hear that they assume a guy's pumping 97 with a slider that falls off the earth. He didn't have that, but mm-hmm. what did you see that made you feel that way? I saw a guy that could throw a fastball, curveball, change up or slider for strikes. I saw a guy that could elevate his fastball if he needed to. I saw a guy that had a really good changeup. I saw a guy whose arm speed didn't change, and it didn't matter what pitch it was. And again, those are the guys for me that I had fits with growing up um, and coming up in the minor leagues. I mean, I wasn't necessarily that great of a hitter anyways, but was competitive as heck. And uh, Cole showed the same type of mannerisms on the mound. Uh, extremely aggressive and attacking hitters. Um, like I said, and just his ability to throw strikes and to not show any difference. You know, some guys will slow their arm speed down on a changeup. Uh, some guys really, really pull their fastball. Um, but this is a guy that showed the ability to throw four pitches for strikes, inside, outside, up, and down. And I'm like, that's a guy that I am not too excited to see toe the rubber when I'm getting ready to step in the box. So... <laughs> Uh, just grateful that I was obviously done playing. I didn't really feel like getting embarrassed in the box, but uh, him and I were still still joke around about uh, what we would do. I said, I'd just close my eyes and swing hard just in case you left one over the plate. You know, he would laugh. He said, I'd give you one to hit every once in a while. So, um, But just his ability to locate pitchers and to really have that competitive edge and aggressiveness makes any pitcher that much more dangerous. You had talked about kind of digging through the past and, and understanding what he was beforehand. But part of the difficulty is you hadn't seen it yourself. Uh, Cole's breakout freshman year came in 2013. You joined the mm-hmm. Phillies as an area scout in 2015. How difficult was it for you in the sense that you'd heard about what he'd been before, but you kind of had to trust that as opposed to maybe having seen that with your own eyes? It was very difficult because, again, it was my first year of scouting. Um, it was a chance to really step out on the limb and trust my instincts. Um, our scouting director, Johnny Almarez, and uh, my West Coast guy, Daryl Connor, um, did a tremendous job of teaching me and showing me how to believe in what I was seeing and to trust what I see and what I feel and based off my own experiences. So, again, that's just where I had to really concentrate on his delivery um, and just kind of with my gut instinct to sit there and say, if this kid gets stronger, if this kid gets you know bigger, stronger, faster, whatever it is, is this going to show up? And so did my best to watch videos, to call high school coaches, to call other opposing teams, uh, players, um, and their coaches. And what do you got on this guy? You know, what did you see? And using my best ability to try and match that up. So it was kind of difficult at first, but again, you just got to be confident enough to step up and say, this is what I see. This is what I believe in. I mean, if you say, uh, you know, the the sky is green and the grass is blue, everybody's got their own opinion, but you got to be confident in what you say. And, like I said, Johnny and, and Daryl did a tremendous job of teaching me how to believe in that. And again, at the end of the day, I was blessed enough that Cole was able to match up with with everything that I was seeing and feeling. He most certainly did. At what point in the process did you become convicted on Cole Irvin as someone you wanted to draft and have your name on? From the from the first handshake he gave me. I mean, again, you see you see the kid, you see him out there pitching and playing, and. Um, the interaction, the personal interaction that I had with him was a little bit later, you know, after watching one or two starts. But from the moment that I, you know, I see, I, I know what I see on the field. Um, I was a big character guy in the beginning in terms of what was important to me from a scouting and evaluation process. Uh, but from the first handshake, the smile, the charisma, again, the off the field stuff matched up. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm sold on this kid. And again, you're you're blessed to have uh, the success go along with it, which makes that that part of my job that much easier uh, to speak confidently about a player. Um, but just the way that he commuted, communicated with me, uh, his professionalism, um, the way he carried himself, uh, every every start for him was was the last start of his career. He would go out there and say, "This is it. I'm going to lay everything out on the line. I'm going to do my best." Hopefully I've prepared and put myself in a position to be successful, and I saw consistency. And that's obviously the name of the game of baseball, and I saw consistency with what he was doing, and that, again, makes it pretty easy when you know what you're going to get every time a guy goes out there. He may not have his best stuff, but I know that he's going to give me everything he's got, and that's something that I can live and die by. During that fall, you see him, spring season starts up. How many starts of his did you see? I saw about eight, eight or nine, I believe. Um, ended up going down the year that we took Paul. I ended up going down to San Diego State to watch him start, and again that's where he started flashing 93 to 95 the first two innings. And I was like, okay, like this is a guy that I'm really excited about even more. Um, and then obviously followed the progression throughout the year, and the velocity the the, <clears throat> the velocity fell down um, dramatically towards the end, and people were were kind of chirping about him being injured again. And, I think it's just a durability issue at first in terms of where he was at. Uh, but again, I, I, you had to trust what you saw throughout the entire process start to finish. Just because the guy goes out and doesn't have his, his best stuff doesn't mean I'm going to run away. And uh, again, sticking with Cole throughout the entirety of the year, um, again, just helped to build that confidence for me. So you're convinced about Cole Irvin being someone that can be you know, the type of player that, that pe- other people have seen in the past. How much convincing of your superiors did you have to do? Because obviously the area scout you know, makes the recommendation, he gets his name on him, but uh, your cross-checker and your scouting director, they obviously have to be on board too. What was that process like, getting them on board? Again, it made it pretty easy with Cole having success, and we got blessed that he fell all the way to the fifth round, and it did that. We were kind of scratching our heads, like, what's going on here? Uh, you know, signability can be an issue with some teams and what they're comfortable with. Uh, which is either here nor there, but all of my cross-checkers um, and Johnny saw them, saw Cole do really well. So it made that job pretty easy, um, depending on what our needs were that year. Obviously, those those decisions were you know, above my pay grade, but at the same time, we were lucky enough that he fell to the fifth round and we were able to grab him. So that was obviously a huge, I was like Christmas morning when it's like, hey, we're going to get this deal done, let's get it taken care of, and we beat him. So that was a very exciting moment. And um, I had a lot of support, like I said, with Daryl and, and Billy Moore, Johnny, Greg Shields, all of the guys that were involved in our draft room. Um, even other area scouts that would see him or saw him in high school um, had my back on the guy, which was always, again, very exciting and comfortable feeling, knowing that everybody's all in on this guy. You mentioned the signability. Cole Irvin was drafted in the fifth round. He got an $800,000 signing bonus, and that's typically more of a supplemental second round, uh, you know, second, third round type of signing bonus. How was that process in terms of a, gauging his signability and then convincing you know, your superiors, hey, we should go over slot for this guy? Again, knowing, knowing the type of player that he was and, again, the projection that I still had with him, um, you are overpaying that guy in that, in that spot, but if we have the ability to get it done, um, you know, $800,000 is a lot of money, and I don't like reluctantly say we aren't going to go too crazy on him, 
Um, but knowing his value and the player he was, we were absolutely willing to do that and make that decision. And I think right now it's obviously paying off that he's made it to the big leagues in three years. So it uh, again, it's I think some teams um, are obviously uncomfortable and, and shy away from guys that, that have a big price tag on them. Um, Cole knew his value. Cole knew what he was worth. Um, and I feel like at the end of the day, we were able to, to match up uh, evenly for where we where we took him. Obviously, overpaying him, but at the same time, you're getting what I had considered a, a first round talent in the fifth round. You know, a guy that I had said I had to do some homework just to make sure I wasn't speaking uh, speaking uh, badly about him. But he was the top guy on my list, and I said a future, you know, four starter in the big leagues. Um, and again, if you have a chance to get that type of player, again, who I was lucky enough and blessed enough that he's had success and results in the fifth round, I feel like $800,000 is, is an absolute steal. So uh, we all felt comfortable doing that and talking about it and obviously pulling the trigger and making it work. Yeah, it's funny. You talk about $800,000 in that draft time teams really can sometimes stress over you know an extra hundred thousand dollars here extra two hundred thousand dollars here do we really go over slot for this guy and then you sit back and think eight hundred thousand dollars for a starting pitcher in the major leagues that's a bargain <laughs> yes sir i mean that's again an opportunity where you have uh to get a guy that again you know the moon and the stars and everything has to align for a kid to be successful and to make it to the big leagues and even at the end of the day he may not even have the opportunity to do it so Cole, again, was blessed enough to have those opportunities and success. And, again, you look, you look back at the draft, and we don't know. Nobody knows how it's all going to pan out. But Cole, with his success, uh, you know, as a major league pitcher, a major league starter, and we got him in the fifth round. I mean, it just goes to show you that, that there isn't necessarily a matrix for figuring things out, um, that, that guys uh, should never scout to be right but just trust what they see. And that, again, and you're taking a big leaguer and you get a big leaguer in the fifth round, my goodness. I mean, I was just blessed enough to have a chance and an opportunity to get Cole where we did, and it worked out great, you know. So it's uh, that made, I think, my entire scouting experience to where you're going and you're scouting and you go and find a guy that isn't necessarily as clean as you would like in terms of his health, um, that kind of struggled with not flashing plus tools, um, to really go and do your homework. That's another thing that Daryl had always said, do your homework, check up on the guy, you know, do your, do your job, you know, go out and do your job and find out if you have questions, go ask. And like I said, having that experience with Cole, you know, again, back and forth, up and down, uh, amazing conversations, intellectual conversations, really getting to know the kid uh, made that scouting experience pretty, pretty special for me. You mentioned you had, in some ways, kind of stuck your neck out on the line just because the medical history was not great, because the velocity had dropped, and you really had to trust, um, you know, kind of what you saw for yourself. He gets drafted, gets his overslot bonus. At that point, I'd imagine there's still a little bit of nerves because, like you said, you kind of put your own reputation on the line a little bit for this kid. When he goes out and has immediate success, that uh, you mentioned short signs, goes out to short season, has a sub-tube ERA, Next year, his first full year, he's a Florida State League All-Star. Year after that, he goes 14-4 and four with a 2.57 ERA in AAA. <laughs> I mean, is it almost a sigh of relief? Yeah. Is it a deep breath? What's that like for you as the area sure. scout? I mean, you go out, and with any of the kids that I signed, you know, have the opportunity to sign 
you're holding your breath. I mean, for me, again, not being that far removed and even age-wise, um, I really felt like these were my little brothers. And you go out there and you want every single one of them to do well and have success. And you are holding your breath a little bit because you know how much they care and how much it means to them, even just getting the chance to play pro ball. And when they go out there, especially if it's a pitcher and you're holding your breath for almost every pitch, right? You just want it to be, you want them to do good. And, and I care. And uh, every time he was able to go out and have success and get the accolades and, and build his career, it's like, awesome. I mean, it's just that excitement. It, it really is that, that excitement and genuine care that I want him to go out and do well. And again, he's just blessed enough to have success to go along with it. So it's, like I said, it's an ecstatic feeling. It's, it's an incredible humbling feeling too, uh, knowing and trusting the process to where he's been. And, and again, I know he's working hard. I'm getting good reviews from our, uh, the incredible player development staff. Just his understanding of where he's at has been, he's been amazing. So it's always good. It's always good when they go out and throw strikes, you know. Absolutely. Cole definitely did a lot of that in his first major league start. Uh, went seven innings, five hits, one run, a walk, five punch outs. I mean, that's that's as good of a debut as you can ask for in a lot of ways, and uh, yep. we look forward to seeing what uh, what's in store for the future. Uh, Hilton, thank you so so much for joining us. Congratulations on uh, on signing a big leaguer. No, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, I was joking with Daryl too. I said, "Hey, I feel like I can finally sit at the table now, you know." And uh, like I said, just blessed enough to have Cole be a part of our organization, and uh, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about him. Our pleasure. Thanks so much, Hilton. Awesome. Thank you. Once again, that was Hilton Richardson, the uh, signing scout for Cole Irvin, currently the hitting coach at Boise State, but uh, clearly had himself a great signing there with Cole, and Irvin has earned himself another start in the Phillies rotation, and uh, we certainly look forward to seeing how he does here as his rookie year goes on and, and what the future holds for him. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. On behalf of Hilton Richardson, once again, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening, everybody. We look forward to talking to you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.